0: Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more, and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website. So make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing and subscribing. So more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter only Facebook group early access to podcasts and exclusive content and if you really just can't get enough i send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months all right let's get into it Well hello everyone we are talking about the beautiful banana plants. These guys can make a huge impact in your home if you're giving them the right care overall, which is kind of high maintenance, you'll do great with them. Now these are one of my favorite plants. I have one of them. I used to have a couple of them. The larger one and the most expensive one I bought is still living but it's not thriving and we'll explain why later winter plays a big part of that too but if you want a plant that's going to make a big impact even if you have a space outside on your patio that could use a tall plant that grows fast this is a great plant to choose they do come in plain green and they do come in a variety that has some red in it too commonly there's also a white variegated variety but good luck finding that So let's dive into it a little bit. So I'm going to be specifically talking about the Musa banana, which is more of a dwarf variety of banana, simply because that's what fits in your house. (laughs) Some people have, you know, eight foot ceilings. Some people have 20 foot ceilings. Either way, this plant's going to stick within usually the eight to 10 foot range. There are varieties that will go upwards of 15 to 20, but usually the most common ones you're going to find in garden centers are going to stay shorter. There aren't a ton of cultivars that you're going to find readily in different garden centers or plant shops. Usually it's a mix of things and there are a lot of varieties out there, but just not a ton you're going to find shopping at your garden center or plant shop just based on availability. So the ones more than likely you're going to see are Zabrina, which is a green foliage with red in it. It's really, really pretty. Not exactly stripes necessarily, but splotches of red. And the base, like the trunk kind of, is a red tone as well. There is the Dwarf Cavendish, which is mostly just plain green, but a smaller variety. There's also Thai Black. This one is not as common, but it has, as you can imagine, a darker trunk or stem to it. It's not really a stem. It's more like a trunk, but it's still foliage. Whatever. With a darker kind of edge around the leaves and then the really really rare one is commonly called Royal Hawaiian or I think it's A or I I I'm not quite sure it's spelled A E A E. So that is the white variegated one. It's gorgeous. I've never seen one in person before but just looking at them online it's like amazing. So a lot of people on Etsy are selling seeds for these so that might be one way to get it for a fairly reasonable price but those are the main ones when i was shopping online looking and what i've seen in garden centers that's kind of what i've seen sometimes i just see it labeled as musa banana and like that's it sometimes that comes in the green sometimes that comes in the red i don't know so it just kind of depends on where you're getting it from more than likely, you're going to see it as banana plant, or you're probably going to see them as zabrina, or d- the dwarf cavendish are probably your two common ones, though. Let's jump into sun requirements, and then we'll go into the rest of everything. Sun requirements? Usually, you can flip on and off from different kind of sun requirements for most houseplants. This one, I would keep in a bright, indirect light at all times. This will give you the biggest foliage, the fastest growing foliage, and the best looking foliage overall. If you were to stick it in a medium light, it would probably do okay. It just wouldn't obviously do its best, but I would say really keep it in bright indirect light. You do want to keep this out of direct sunlight as a houseplant. If you're moving it outside, moving it in direct sunlight is not good. It can burn the leaves. But if you're trying to put this in a south window of your house, it can probably handle that. Since there's that window barrier there, it's not really directly on it, if that makes sense. If you moved it to a southern exposure on the outside of your house, that would be different. You'd kind of have to acclimate it to that in order for it to just in nature these are in full sun so the smaller plants the less mature plants are a lot more delicate the foliage no matter what is super thin and really really delicate and really easily torn or damaged so you want to be careful with these plants you don't want your pets running into it or your kids ripping it if you really want the foliage to stay nice and full When you see these in nature, they are split simply because they are really delicate. I actually have a picture on my blog that shows, I don't know if it's a Zabrina Musa banana, but it's definitely a red or black variety of the Musa banana. It wasn't labeled when I went to this. botanical garden. I believe this was in Janesville. I think it was Rotary Gardens that had these. They had the banana plants in the middle of the planter surrounded by canna lilies surrounded by lantana. It was really pretty. Anyways if you want to see what it looks like split you can go there but it's very common for it to do that if it's exposed to the elements because of wind and everything. In general point being I would keep it in bright indirect light and I would keep it If you're putting it outside, keep it out of direct sunlight. Indoors, south or west windows are probably best. All right, let's move on to watering, fertilizer and propagation. For watering, this is the important part that um, I probably screwed up more than anything. So, I tend to underwater my houseplants. Annoyingly, that is 90% of the reason why I kill houseplants. I haven't killed my banana plant, but it hasn't been great. So, this guy needs medium moisture. Medium, I would say, on the verge of high, but I don't want to put it like that. It's not like a maidenhair fur where it needs to be constantly wet. Medium moisture is important. You don't want to let it dry out completely, but you never want it soaking wet either. So usually all of the websites say when the first two inches are dry. I'm like, okay, yeah, how you tell that? So I would say your normal watering schedule for like a pothos or a philodendron, cut a couple days off of it, and that's probably when you're going to be watering your banana. So for me, even this winter I've been watering more because they've been drying out really fast and that might just because I have most of them under a grow light and they're a little bit warmer. So I've been watering about every week, week and a half. So the banana I should probably be watering about every four days or so. I do have the moisture meter reader though. I'm always checking just in case because I never want to over water but that's usually not a problem of mine. Usually it's the opposite. So underwatering will cause the edges of the leaves to brown and it will actually cause spider mites. So if you don't have high humidity and it's dry in your house in winter like me, then I had spider mites no matter what I had them the moment I got the plant on. So that being said, added humidity is actually really important for these as well keeping them in that medium medium moisture range and making sure the air around them is humid as well. So they benefit from misting, at least in my opinion. I know there's skepticism about misting. I always do misting because I think it helps prevent spider mites, which is my main problem with all of my houseplants. So if I can prevent that or at least lower that chance, that helps. So that's why I do it. I think it also just helps overall humidity in the, uh, in the air as well because it ends up misting the soil line, the foliage, the pots around it, if they're in a basket. So, overall, it's increasing humidity. So, keeping it in medium to high humidity is very important to helping prevent pests and the overall health of the foliage. Fertilizer. I could not find this plant in any of my books. I was actually really surprised. It wasn't even in like the newer book, Plantpedia. It wasn't in there. It wasn't in the complete houseplant survival manual I always use. It wasn't anywhere. So, I was mostly doing all research online. I checked a ton of websites to get everything that I was doing just in case one was altering the other. The consensus was everyone was kind of iffy on the mature size of each plant as an indoor plant only by a couple of feet. But, fertilizer, they were all saying bananas are heavy feeders, which also could have been a reason why mine didn't do as well either. I fertilized like I did with the rest of my plants. I currently use Fox Farms Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer and I feed every two weeks in peak season when I'm watering. That's usually starting at the end of February through about October and I probably only fertilize one more time or two more times in winter. Lately, I've been fertilizing more often for some of my plants, simply because I'm trying to get them to grow for my wedding. Uh, But they're still actively growing, so that's why I'm still fertilizing. And I use about a half to three-fourths of the recommended amount of fertilizer, because I would rather under than over-fertilize. In this case, for the banana though, I'm honestly thinking it's probably better to give it the recommended amount. If they're heavy feeders, then that's what you should do. I didn't see this recommended online, but based on the fact that this is mostly, a f- well, no, not mostly, it is grown for its foliage as a house plant, I would also use a high nitrogen fertilizer. So when you're reading the composition of a fertilizer, you see three numbers with a dash separating them. You want to make sure that first number is the highest, and that means it's a high nitrogen fertilizer. I'm going to do a podcast episode on fertilizers at some point, but I try to explain that every time. But as long as that top number or that first number is bigger, that means it's more focused on foliage growth. Again, fertilizer, totally individual. You use whatever product you want, however you want, or don't even do it. Up to you. If you want your plant to thrive, fertilizer always helps. So just like for a human being. If you're sick or anything, you give yourself supplements, vitamins, it's the same kind of deal with plants. So, totally up to you. I don't think there's really a wrong answer. My only thing I've always thought is the wrong answer would be over fertilizing, but besides that, I don't think there's really a lot you could do wrong with fertilizer totally individual. Now, if you have questions separate from that, please let me know. I love Fox Farm just because it's been a business that's been around for a long time. They're an organic brand, which usually I'm not, you know, I could care less, honestly, about an organic brand or not. I'm not an organic food kind of person. I don't necessarily think about that, but it makes me feel good that I'm using a product that's healthier for my plants I think, but I've also used this Boma as well, which is also organic and that's a Scott's product. So it, I honestly don't care. I also like that Fox farm is a smaller brand and they don't sell to big box stores. They sell to local garden centers and everything. So I really enjoy that as well. And I try to support those small businesses where I can. This is now just a rant it's completely individual. I was just explaining why I chose Fox Farm. Right before I used Fox Farm, I did use the Espoma, which was great, but I just personally likes Fox Farm better. I'm not sponsored or anything. Sounds like I should be, right? <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's go to propagation. Super simple. Banana plants tend to what they call sucker, which means mini plants grow up and around it. So, for example, if in the Wisconsin area, there's a plant called the sumac that also does this, like crazy. Um, In some places, sumacs are invasive. Here, they're just annoying. So, um, anyway, they sucker and there's little tiny plants that pop up. The only way to really propagate it is to take those little plants off and move them to a new pot. There's also, obviously, they produce seeds. Um, And a lot of places sell seeds for these. And I'm sure there's places that do tissue culture as well. But as a house plant owner, the only thing you're really going to do is be cutting off those banana pups. And it's not likely that you're going to see them for a very long time. So more than likely, you're just going to have this one plant and you're not easily going to be able to propagate it, if that makes sense. Okay, let's go into the other facts in the Instagram Q&A. okay this banana plant is part of the Musaceae family it's native mostly to southeastern asia and the south pacific and i said this earlier but the varieties can grow upwards of 20 feet and this was the statistic i guess that was fluctuating throughout um, houseplant talk basically the zabrina i saw gets up to six feet at some places mostly places were saying between eight to ten and same with the dwarf cavendish some places were also saying six but mostly i was seeing eight to ten feet the aa or the royal hawaiian i was seeing higher 10 or 15 feet so that's going to get a little bigger a couple websites said 20 feet though so that might be a little bit larger of a grower but the zabrina and the dwarf cavendish are going to be shorter I also want to address the fact that this plant is called banana and I haven't mentioned the fruit it's supposed to grow. So <laughs> actually they do all produce bananas and the fun thing is the variegated one produces variegated bananas or at least the peel is which is also cool but as a house plant do not expect it. These plants in order to actually grow bananas need to be in a warm environment constantly, need to have high humidity, medium to high-ish moisture really have ideal growing conditions. And any kind of cold or dormant state can basically prohibit the bananas from growing if they get cut down. So like in the winter I've seen, where was I? I think I was at Stoughton Garden Center with my mom or my aunt one time and I saw them cutting down banana plants. I was like, oh, well that makes sense if they kind of go dormant. So at the end of the season I cut mine down but it did grow a couple leaves. So it doesn't go completely dormant but it grows really slow in winter. So my point was cutting it down I saw in a couple websites said that can actually just prevent the plant from producing bananas over time. If you're trying to grow this as a banana plant you need to have the same light year round. So definitely a grow light on it. You need to have high humidity. You need to be constantly checking watering and moisture. More than likely you're going to be buying this plant for the foliage because that's as a house plant that's what it is. As a side note it does bloom right before it produces the fruit. Usually the blooms are like a white or like a light yellow color but you won't see them really unless it's going to fruit. So the last little piece of information I have is that banana plants are non-toxic. I wanna just point out that they are very fragile though. So yes, you can get them in the way of your kids and pets, but more than likely the leaves are gonna tear. And it's gonna be a little damaged just from human interaction and pet interaction if you keep it in open position. Which is totally fine, totally up to you. But I just wanted to fair warn you, it's very, very thin leaves and delicate leaves. Okay, so Instagram Q and A. You all know the routine on Instagram. I've been posting on my stories. If you have questions for the upcoming plant, if you missed the story somewhere, but you know what episode is coming up, by the way, if you don't listen to the end of the podcast, you should, because I give some really good information at the end, including what's coming up next. So I'm just saying, um, anyway, if you know what's coming up next and you missed the story somehow, if you just message me and say, Hey, I know you're doing this. Can you answer this question in the upcoming episode? totally can do it. I had one of my followers on Instagram do that for the Begonia podcast and I just saved her message. So That was great. I did get one question this time and it was, can you get bananas to grow from them in your house? Also, do they really grow bananas? So my short answer is yes and yes, but probably not. So we just talked about this too, but I'm going to reiterate in your home, you're probably never going to see bananas. And usually this plant will not grow usually this plant isn't grown for that. They're not grown for the actual fruit or flower or anything. They're grown for the amazing foliage as a house plant. Now, if you want bananas and you were adamant that, listen, I need this plant because I need my bananas from my own house, you're going to have to put it in the perfect environment, which usually consists of an environment like a conservatory or a greenhouse. So for example, Chicago Botanical or I guess it's Chicago Botanic Gardens, in their greenhouse, they have banana plants that are fruiting in there. So it's 100% possible to get it, but that greenhouse mimics the environment it's found in in nature. So you really have to mimic those environments in order to get the fruit. And that is the podcast episode, everyone, all about banana plants. Thanks for listening to episode 52 of Houseplant Homebody, all about banana plants. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plan experiences. So please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me and i'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information also don't forget to check back every other tuesday for the brand new episode and blog one houseplant plant homebody to another see you next time hi megan as always here in the end to talk about nothing and everything so personally lots of things happening with the plants If you've been following me on Instagram, mostly Instagram because I do a lot of reels which relate to what I'm doing on there, a lot on Facebook too, a lot on stories. Anywho, I have done a lot of plant organizing over the last couple months and especially in the last month. So I know I mentioned last time that Peter built me a plant shelf and then I put panel lighting on it. That is doing really well. The lights are pretty warm or at least warmer than I thought they would be. So my plants are drying out faster than they used to. Totally fine. But since I'm an underwater, it doesn't bode well for me. (laughs) So working on keeping up with that and just double checking those shelves. I also decided that the south window I use, the main south window, which is also my humidifier area, I wanted to keep it more organized. I was collecting more plants over there, but I wasn't able to organize it well enough and it was kind of just stacking up on the floor. So I had a bunch of rugs down and just making sure that it wasn't getting on the hard floor and that it would still be close to the window. So I put a grow light over there and I bought a shelf on Amazon. I think I only paid like 45 bucks or something and it's not a super high quality shelf, but it definitely does the trick and it's nice looking shelf. Um, eventually, I'll link it onto the products I use page on my blog. I haven't added my recent stuff on there recently, but I'll add those on there too. But I love it. It works out really, really well and that corner is just so much more organized and it just fits perfectly. So that's really fun too. I have been kind of removing the plants that aren't doing as well. I had two Aurelia that I literally just underwatered. The One of them was soaking wet when I bought it from Home Depot, hoping I could kind of save it. And I think I did the opposite. I didn't water it for too long. <laughs> and then the other one, I saw it dying and I just, in my mind, I'm like, it'll be fine. No, should have watered it sooner. Whatever, it's fine. Um, So kind of cleaning up things. I had like a string of I think it's it's commonly called string of beans. I had it in the original pot. It was just a square pot and it was doing really, really well. I replanted it. It hated it. Absolutely hated it. I should have never repotted it. I should have just left it. But the square pots are hard to find cash pots for them. So I was trying to fit it in a terracotta pot or at least a round pot, but that one died too. And then I underwatered a Hoya Wayante, but I just replaced it. So I just need to pay attention to it more. But anyway, those are my latest dying plants, but I've just been cleaning up a little bit. I had, obviously, my banana plant had spider mites all winter. I did maintain it a little bit, but not really. So, I just cut it all the way back again and hoping that I'll actually be able to maintain it a little better. I do think I need to repot it as well. The I don't think the soil is holding moisture that well. It's still well draining, but I think it's kind of falling out the sides of the pots because it has been dry. Um, my cannabinoids have spider mites because they were right next to the banana plant. And last last winter they had spider mites too. But the moment I moved it outside it was totally fine. So just, just healing my plants a little bit. I've been really good about misting at least a lot better. I've been taking the extra five minutes like I said I was going to. To just look at my plants and make sure everything is going good. And that's really been helping. Um, I've been waking up earlier every morning during the week just to get those things out of the way. Make sure I'm filling up the humidifier make sure I'm actually misting. I bought one of those continuous misting sprayers um, and it's not like really continuous. You keep having to keep pumping, but it still keeps spraying water the whole time. Like it doesn't stop like a regular spray bottle does. On a couple other exciting things, um, if you also haven't noticed, I have been trying to step up the content game on social media. Um, my sister and I have been meeting or trying to meet once a week whenever she has time to kind of go over ideas. Um, since she has a marketing background, she has a lot of good, a lot of good insight for me. And I hit a thousand followers on Instagram, I think it was last week. So that's really exciting too, because that's a huge step for me. Um, I know some people are like a thousand, whatever. I have like a thousand friends on my Facebook page. Yeah, no. I, if there's like suspicious activity, I usually will block someone or I've always been picky about who is following me. So, if something looks suspicious, I will block them. So, to get a thousand is completely organic. It's been a little under two years in the making and it's just been like because of the podcast and social media, word of mouth and everything. So it's been so great. I am so thankful for everyone on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook, I don't have obviously as many because Instagram, I'm a little more active on it, but still so appreciative of all of you for following me and interacting with my social media because that just gets me into more people's feeds. So thank you. Um, last note, the next podcast is about the Boston Fern. I do have one i used it as an outdoor plant last summer and it like doubled in size (laughs) um and currently i have it inside and it's doing pretty good so we will go over boston for next time have a great week talk to you later bye bye